Hello. Hello. And welcome back to episode cuatro of Creative Moonlighting. Creative Moonlighting. Today's episode is about how to think creatively. How to think creatively. How like like what is that what does that mean exactly do you think? Well, I actually was going to turn it to you because I know this was an idea you wanted to explore. Yeah, well and I guess the reason why it might be relevant is, well, it's relevant to us, but, you know, sometimes you get caught up in into certain habits, right? And, mm-hmm. and and some of those habits might be good, some of them might be bad, but ultimately, if you're trying to build some uh, career around, you know, being creative, producing things, uh, building things, making movies, making paintings, whatever, whatever it is. If you're trying to do that, you kind of start to naturally retrain your brain and re- and your habits start to kind of follow. It not it doesn't always happen that way, but it should start to happen that way. So the goal today is to maybe try to deconstruct what that actually looks like and then we can talk about a few things uh surrounding just that topic in general. But before we do that, we actually have some questions Preguntas. from yes from and this so i figure if if anybody has questions you can certainly uh send them to us yes you can text them to us if you have our numbers or facebook or a good email is griffinco at gmail.com and i actually think it's yeah but you need to specify we'll spell so it, the way spell that it. you spell griffinco is g r i f f Y-N dot C-O at gmail.com. You decided to put that dot in there just for the record. So yeah. if people mis- mistype that, you can thank Matthew because that was his right <laughs> idea to include dot co in there. All right. Yeah. So, so anyways, um, and we, oh yeah, we didn't even say we were not, we didn't even say that we were having wine too. We are having wine. So it's cheers. Saturday. It's cheers. Saturday. We tried to order in and lots of places are uh, taking to go orders. But the problem is you can't get a hold of anybody. So we're having a glass of wine and I had a, I have a bunch of vegetables that we picked up from Johnson's backyard garden in Garfield, Texas. And, uh, there was nothing else to eat, so we're smelling rosemary roasted root vegetables that are cooking in the oven right now. Too, yeah, the trip right? to Johnson's backyard, backyard garden, garden was was an interesting one. Yeah, I, you know, it was pretty cool. Hidden gem. Yeah. Uh, anyway, okay, we, go we, to the. Let's are, get to the question. Yeah, we're we're meandering here. Um, so the questions part i figure if anybody has questions you can send them to us and we'll address it right at the beginning of the episode only in this case today we're four and a half minutes in so it's not exactly right at the beginning but these questions come from gil hernandez shout out to gilly in houston hey gil hey gil um he asked and this is regarding a project that we did this is the only feature length film that we've made um, and it's called Silverfish. And he asked the question, how did you narrow down shooting location uh, for your sil- Silverfish project? This is question one of two. And we shot a large part of Silverfish in Austin. 
We shot another piece of it in San Antonio. And then we shot probably the last 30 minutes of the movie in Marfa. So I think his question though is not, yeah, you could say where you shot, but how did you, I'm going to read between the lines in the question. So I think he was asking also, um, how did you actually get permission to use those locations is what I think that might be Mm. at. And I also think that probably how did you choose those locations? You're thinking of it from the creative standpoint and I'm thinking of it logistically. Well, I'm going to answer it how I thought it was asked and then you can answer what you know from what you thought it was asked. That sounds good. Okay. So for me, it was an easy one. I was actually taking a drive. I was with my friend, Eric Mock. Shout out to Eric. Uh, He had a movie in the Marfa Film Festival one year. And I believe it was 2012. We were out there. It was the first time I'd been out to Marfa, which is a West Texas kind of artist haven. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just such a cool, inspiring little spot for me personally. And once the festival was over, I was driving home. It's about a six-hour drive back to Austin. And it's just straight road. And it was um, before the height of the Beyonce went out to the Marfa. That was out. Oh, yeah. I, that may have happened by then. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. May, maybe not. No. I had never been there. It was not It was not like an unknown place. A lot of artists already knew about it. I was yeah, behind. But I was you're, behind. Yeah, but I'm going to say most people that aren't artists don't know what Marfa. Okay. Didn't, I didn't know what Marfa was until you came home excited about it. And then ironically... Very shortly after, Beyonce posted a picture on like Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, tells you I was definitely not on the ahead of the curve if she's right making her way out there. No, you had already gone. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Well, the place is pretty inspiring if you're into these the the creative arts. So on my way back, I actually was thinking. Sorry, I am eating oh, cheese. Oh, he's. I just um, looked at him funny because you're eating while you're talking. <laughs> sorry, oh, sorry, sorry. On a so, podcast. So wow. Uh, on the way back, I, I came up with this idea. Well, I'd actually had a few ideas, which this ties into what we were what we were um, what we're going to be talking about today. But I, I had a few ideas already, kind of in the in the bank, and I just started to blend them. And I really, really wanted a reason to go back out to Marfa, so that they it kind of came or culminated that way. Um, and ultimately, the choice to do that and as far as answering from your perspective when what you said was what how did i get the ability to shoot what did i you said say? how did like how did you get permission to shoot at these oh, different that's places that's easy i did not get permission <laughs> <laughs> i there was no permission given or asked for yeah so i think that's a part to acknowledge as an independent filmmaker this is the difference between living in los angeles and having to secure permits and pay for things that is the beauty of why we love living in austin because or you gotta you gotta ask your friends yeah and you basically become um well you could call it like the mark duplass quote which is that you know if you're an independent artist you have to somewhat be a communist because uh you're gonna help your friends for free and give them your skills and they're gonna do that in return for you well And, and um I mean, most of the scenes are in somebody's house that we know. Yeah. So a lot of the scenes are at our house. 
So there's scenes in the living room, yeah. in the kitchen, in on the back deck. Mm-hmm. And then there's scenes in Eric and Chelsea, our good friend who were the cinematographers. Uh, yeah, cinematographers of the film. We shot in every room that we could there. Yeah, sometimes we shot in the same house and called it two different locations. Yeah, two different locations. You know. Then we Maverick, who was in it, we shot mm-hmm. at his house. Yeah, his house. Then um Susie and so all of these things as all well. the actors who were in it had to also offer up their yeah homes their homes had to, to be a location <laughs> and we always tried to provide dinner yeah so that was our allure we yeah. were like we'll provide beer and wine and dinner if you guys will let us use your house and the other part was there were some of those scenes where it was like in the dead of summer in texas and you had to turn off the ac because it was too loud when you would film right so i remember being at Susie and andre's house in san antonio and Susie and i were sitting out by the pool while y'all were uh filming and the ac we had to turn that off and it was so quiet you can't say anything yeah and then that's the (laughs) annoying part is if you're not in the scenes you have to be as quiet as you can be and of course we have dogs and our uh dog griffin was a notorious barker i mean he could bark he would bark at Forget it. If the doorbell rang, you were your your scene was going to have yeah. to be reshot. So uh, many of the joys of trying to make a movie. Um, the second question Gil had, which was also a really good one, I thought was about what lessons did I take away from that particular project, and how, what 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 parts of those lessons or answers to those lessons uh, will I carry on into future projects? And I would say there's a lot. That you, if you make an independent film, you're going to learn a ton of different things. But maybe the biggest thing I learned, and this was really from a, from my perspective, I want to make movies that seem like real life. You know, Um, yes, they're going to entertain, hopefully, but they they should feel like thing something that could happen in real life, and it should address a real life thing. So. In the script with Silverfish, I was really, really loose about the way I wrote everything. It was like kind of... And that's different. How? Well, so, <laughs> so yeah. So the that's... idea behind that was that the trade-off was if you're going to ask actors to act for free in your movie, um, you hope that they're inspired by the something, some part of the, the, the work. And what my idea with that project was very simply, I'm going to write this really loose and I'm going to let every actor take the words in their own way. And so if they decide they want to say it just as I wrote it because that works for them, cool. If they don't think that works for them and it sounds more natural to them to say it their own way, also cool. And so um, that that worked really well to get natural performances. That that I was happy with. But you have to have good actors to be able to. Well, you that have off. to do. You do have to have that. But also the back end of things, the post production. It makes it a bit of a nightmare when it's that loose because editing. you're editing and piecing and stitching and uh, it, so it took me it took me damn near two years to edit the thing mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm I was learning to edit too. So, so that pro that that film took a total of three years. Six. <laughs> like I said, yeah. double the yeah. amount of time. Whatever yeah. you think it will take, double the amount of time. Yeah. So and this this took actually does six years. Yeah. Started in yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. So um, this does kind of segue it back into our topic of, of how to think creatively, what that really looks like or what it means. I know that's kind of an abstract 
uh, question. But here's the overall answer that I have to that. And I'll just start with the overall. So thanks, Gil, for the question. Yes, thank you, Gil, for the and question. And so now we're going to. And thank to, you for listening. Yeah. Um, now we're going to transition into the 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 topic, yeah. which is how to think creatively. Yeah. And, um, and I'm going to pour a glass of the wine. The overall so. answer to that for me, and it's different for everybody, but I feel like being creative entails a lot of things but if you wanted to just lump it under some big umbrella why does that always happen when we're doing this sorry i'm cooking those vegetables oh i'm gonna God. go check on that okay so uh creativity to me is going from chaos to order so in other words you're taking a bunch of parts that typically do not belong together and things that could stand alone as their own you know entities or whatever however you want to say that um but you're pulling them together and you're sort of synthesizing it and creating this new thing. Um, and so I think in order to be creative, and this is not a full answer to the question, but that's just kind of the overall of what I believe about that. Okay, um, I'm back. But in order to kind of get on or get in the habit of thinking that way, you have to be willing to take things that, that have nothing to do with one another and try to relate them across the board, I guess, is, is, a, is a way. Yeah. So it connects back. So before we started uh, recording, I was really trying to distinguish between last the previous couple episodes and this one of how to think creatively, because the last episode was how to get started. How to get started, yeah. Which is closely connected because you guys were listing, you and Ashton were listing all these different ideas that you had. Right. And um, the balance part, we talked about that before. So, okay, so to think creatively, it's different than generating ideas? It's different, yeah. Because you generating ideas is like taking those separate ideas, those, but it plays into it. So you have all these generated ideas or you've generated all these ideas. You've written them down separately. You have no idea how they fit together. But the creativity really comes in when you take 10, 15 ideas, pull them together, and you start mm. piecing them together like a puzzle. It's like a, a free association kind of thing where you're you see a relationship between things that other people don't see the relationship between. Okay, so sometimes the word it doesn't work, that, by the way. The word that comes to mind, I think you just said it was synthesize. Synthesize, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Synthesis. Well, so I was trying to think about how or when I think creatively. So yesterday, um, I was taking a virtual yoga class it's really wild um in the in the situation that all of us are living in right now we can't go anywhere and so my yoga studio thankfully is offering online classes so shout out to studio satya and okay. you guys should definitely take mary's class or christine's class because they're amazing teachers and nothing we're shouting out to is anything that sponsors yeah us. We, don't we don't get don't sponsored sponsors, it's so. just uh it's just i Stuff love it we like so at the end of every practice she uh does a little bit of dialogue about meditation you know helping help uh helping you get into meditation and um Sorry, my mom is trying to well, FaceTime me right now. How come it always right distracts now. you so much? Like, why don't you just ignore it? Because I can see her face on there. Oh. Okay, so uh, sorry, mom. I will call you right back. <laughs> um, and one thing that I thought yesterday was a great idea was she said non-attachment. She was talking about non-attachment. I think that helps you be creative. 
You know, I think that what is does connected she mean by to non-attachment. This. Well, I think if you get so stuck in an belief or a uh, mindset mm-hmm. that it prevents you from being creative. Yeah, well, because it, you say, "Oh, that's not okay. That is that doesn't fit yeah. in the." rules that i yeah, want to live by yeah yeah no the, well i think you know this is a, a concept that that uh you know if, if you get too stuck in in what you see uh the world to be if you kind of get too stuck in that pattern then you're it's like you're sure to miss a lot of things because you're going to miss anything that doesn't fit into your model right so any, if it doesn't fit in your model it's just going to fly right past you because you ain't interested in that and yeah, I think that absolutely plays into it, especially when you're in the beginnings of a project, which is kind of like we were talking about the last episode. If you're trying to be um, creative enough to get a project started or up and running, you're going to have to be super open to every little path that comes in front of you. Um, but you, Again, you do have to be careful because once you get it started, if you don't pick one of those paths, then you're not going to get anything done. Um but, you know, it's weird because like, say I toss you an idea, right? Uh, and I tell you to note the very first thought based on whatever it is I say. If I say peach tree. Yeah. Whatever your first thought is comes up, right? Yeah. Um, now, there's to me, there's there's a difference because like you can't just use anything. And, and I think there's a reason why. So like not not all of them. Sometimes the idea that you throw back at me might be what everybody else thinks. Right. So it's not really original. Does that make sense? It's it, like say say I say peach tree and you say what peach or oh geez okay yeah <laughs> so all right so then if ten other people in the room say the exact same thing as you well then now we can't call that an original idea right it's the it's the natural response so oh. so it kind of lacks originality and that's usually what happens yeah but do you have to be original to be creative well that's a whole other question I think we should get into but. Like most of the time, whenever somebody throw, throws an idea at me, I the first thought I have is just like what everybody else had. And so it's hard to to find a way to break that. Okay, so actually, I think we should pause for a second. Okay. What is your definition of creative? Well, okay, so I said the overall thing would be for me being able to take a bunch of things that aren't related and pull them together and make something new and original out of that, Right. But that just be, so so if I say peach tree and you say peach, that's not to say it's a bad thing. You're just going to have to find some interesting way of spinning that to be able to continue pushing uh, the boundary to make it a more you know unique thing. Which means that also these ideas you have to be cool with some of them being abstract, meaning they're not just easy to like quickly get a grasp because you're probably not going to understand it yourself, you know, until you finally get on a path where you do. But they also talk about, and I've read, and this was more of a thing I read, not really from experience, but they talk about divergent thinking, the, you know, the ability, the ability to think laterally, you know, you see patterns and you connect things across this like wide range of different topics. Some people are really, really good at that just by nature. Um, But I also kind of believe that you can get good at it if you practice at it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so and then as you practice that more and more, then your response to things starts to dip, become naturally different from other people because you see a relationship between things that other people won't. Um, and, and again, I'm not saying that that's necessarily me. It's just that I, 
I notice the times that that has happened for me, the few and far between times when that happens, it's usually you stumble onto something pretty cool, mm-hmm. you know? I guess I'm still stuck in the idea that being creative always has to be original. No, and I, I, and I, I was trying to think of, so a side note, in our marriage, uh, three is like a, a, a number that is important because when we're in an argument, we've yeah. made the agreement oh, yeah. that you need to have three <laughs> pieces of evidence to support your case, whatever. Well, like if you if you say I'm being stubborn or or if you, you know, say I'm being a jerk. Yeah. Whatever. You got to have, have to have three pieces of evidence to support your argument. You would have to pick to three, win the argument, basically. Yeah. You would have to pick three jerky things that I did and present them to me. And so a lot of times it's like, well, I can't think of three things right now, but I know they exist. Yeah. And so then not good enough. Of course, it's so annoying because the other person is like or Matthew, well, you are the other both person. Ways. Yeah. This happens both ways. But then you're like, no, you can't give me three pieces of evidence. So. And yeah. so that's annoying. Okay, so anyways, let me but go I, back to this. Yeah, I want to go back to your question because so I think it's an important. I don't have three pieces of evidence right now that I could state that uh, creative people, which I know exist, are always original. Like the first person that comes to my mind is Joanna Gaines um, from Fixer Upper. Yeah. So if you look at her designs, they're not necessarily these like completely original ideas they're very traditional farmhouse clean looking things yeah but she is the one who made it really popular i guess is the word that these clean but rustic designs she's one of the people that had well maybe i should amend it then i I wasn't saying that in order to be creative, it has to be original. I maybe maybe that's exactly what I did say, but that's not really what I mean. Mm, um, okay. I was just saying that sometimes you stumble upon ideas that are original, and when you do, those are those really are ones you want to hang on to. But if you stumble onto something that's not original, there's ways to also change that and tweak it just a little bit. It doesn't mean it's useless. You, mm-hmm. you don't have to throw it away. Mm-hmm. But if you can take something that has been done before and kind of flip it on its head a little bit and just kind of change it up put a new spin on it, then now I feel like you've made it a creative thing. So, so, okay. and you're, I think you're right. You said that, right. You know, there, how many people can you think of that have done things that have been done, but the way they do it is great. You well, know? yeah. Uh, I mean, Andy Warhol did things differently yeah. be, uh, There's a lot because of, of the way he chose to color the paintings, but he was taking photography, you know, he was taking a picture yeah. and like, he just put a spin on reversing it. it. So, yeah. It was different, but anyways, okay. No, but he's a good example because there's a lot of people who actually think that he was a terrible artist. I'm not one of those people, but if you ask some people, it's, oh, that's not art. That's, you know, that's... that's, Well, that's just preference, though. Well, sure. I don't think that But this all is, you know, it kind of all is. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so I know that we're probably uh, like probably 20-something minutes into this, so... Well, yeah. I'm going to say that... We should get to top three. Okay. Yeah. There was one other point, one other thing. Okay, make your point, and then we got, so let's go to top three. So in today's three. kind of world, creativity has been has kind of shifted, I think, a little bit. And it's like this urge to be weird. Have you noticed that, or is it just me? 
urge to be weird. Yes. Mm. We live in Austin. It's keep well, Austin I know. weird. I, yeah, I know. I'm Is sure. Is that part, what you mean? Well, in a way, but it's not just it's Austin. It's not as weird in Austin as it used to be, actually. No, it's not. But it's not just Austin by any means. Like, if you think about it, there's I a think lot. I in the light of social media that okay. people are able to just post things immediately. And so you see more weird things because it's readily available. So I read, I, re- I was reading something about this, okay? Okay. And they were talking about mass marketing in the like 50s. You know, think okay. of what Mad Men or whatever. Okay. And what they were doing is they, they came up with the idea that very simply customizing things, that's costly. It's too costly to customize and sell, right? So what we have to do is we have to create an image of normal. Okay. You know, normal people drink Pepsi Cola. Normal mm. people smoke Marlboros. Normal people drink Coors. Sunny D. Yeah. Okay. So if they can sell that enough, then they don't have to customize anything. They, they teach the public. And so, but in those days it worked. But I think what you said about uh, social media is that now it's not mandatory because it, it it's kind of, you know, it's been replaced by this urge to be odd. But, you know, now if you look at it, the, one of the other facts that came in was 30 years ago, the, the three big television networks were watched by 90% of the population, Right. Now that viewership for those three networks is down to 30%. So what that's saying is most people are, you know, they're turning off mass media and they're searching in all the different corners of the internet and finding people that can provide entertainment for their own tastes. Well, I also think that yesterday when we talked with Ashton, he said that he hasn't found his tribe. He was talking about that because... He's busy, but I think people also look for other people that are like them. Yeah. So when they get on the internet, it's easy to search and start finding groups that are interested in the same things they are. They want to travel. There is a travel group for that. Yeah. You want to hunt for a person that kills kittens. You can. You're you're referencing a a specific movie. Yeah. That's. She didn't just come up with that off the top of her head. Oh, yeah. That's the Netflix. Don't uh, F with cats. Don't F with cats. Um, And that was a dark web. Yeah, that yeah. was a specific, very specific group of people. Right. So anyways, I'm just saying that. Well, And the other part is uh, uh, cable. Not many people pay for cable anymore because they can get streaming. They, they pay for streaming. Yeah, and I don't know if this whole sidebar, it's not really a sidebar thing. It just got me thinking because when, when a time, you know, say the 60s, 70s, 80s, even the 90s, right? When most people are sort of doing the same things because there's only a handful of options out there that we knew about, is all before the internet, um, then it's kind of hard to be creative because you're all kind of doing the same things. But now you can search things and find things that no one else is even likely to find. This podcast is probably, you know, if it it's ends one up, in a million, it's, though. <laughs> I'm not kidding. No, There's I know. so yeah. many podcasts. Yeah, but you didn't mean it's like so unique. It's one in a million. You mean it's one in a million. One of a million. One of a million. Not yeah. in a million. See, yeah. there's those prepositions. Yeah, again. but um, so I think that the urge to be weird has been upped a little bit, but maybe we were always weird. We just didn't have a place to kind of. We were always weird. We just didn't have access to view it at the at our fingertips. Right. Okay. So. All right. I know you're anxious. Well, go okay. Ahead. What are you about to say? Well, so what was your point of that? My, my point was that it was an extension of this question. 
what does it mean to be creative? Because I think that's an ever shifting answer. Because now, when I talk to a 12 year old today, right, the stuff that they have been exposed to compared to 12 year olds when we met, you know, in 1992, um, they know a lot more. Are they smarter than us? Not necessarily, but they know a lot more. So that because they've been exposed to a lot more, and so there, there's going to be a lot of things that 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 will just be like maybe you and I would have thought something that we saw was creative in the '90s, mm-hmm. and they they see that same thing now, and they're like, no, that's nothing, you know? Yeah. And so it, it's always kind of evolving and having to take the next step. And right now, it just to me, this is my opinion. It's not a fact. It's just. To me, it feels like there is this kind of urge to be weird. Think about all the cat videos. Speaking of not not killing cat videos, the way the movie was saying, but it's literally like there's a whole internet thing about just watching cat videos, kind of deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that I, affects I, us. Uh, okay, well, thank you for clarifying clarifying that. Um, I hate the word innovative. Oh, because I felt like we went through this this period of time where everybody was like be innovative be innovative and it never it never made sense to me what that word was because to me it just seemed like anytime they would say innovative they just meant technology but i am also using my experience in education and hearing the word innovative yeah over and over and over and to me the instances where i saw it, it and i know i'm going on a tangent but they would say, be innovative with your lessons. Well, teachers would think that they could just put a kid on a device, but that device wasn't actually leading to innovation. It was just replacing a pencil and a piece of paper. Yeah. It wasn't change. It just was changing the way they were responding. It wasn't actually, they weren't using the technology to innovate. They weren't using the technology to explore. They weren't doing and anything different. They were using it the exact same way. It just happens to be electronic versus. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, that was. But, but but a lot of times the word innovative is used synonymously with creative. I right? know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why I was kind of pressing you to clarify what your meaning of creative was. Yeah, and I'm still not sure. I know the answer. Like I said, going back to my original answer that I said at the beginning, I think that the most consistent thing that I notice about people who are creative is they take a bunch of things and they can take this chaotic, it's it's otherwise chaotic to you or me, and they can take what it looks chaotic to me or you and put it together mm-hmm. and make it, you know, synthesize it. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a creative person, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I agree with you on that. Okay, well, so then um, let's round it out with our top three. Okay. So our top three that are related to how to think creatively. So how do we, um, what experiences do we have that we could share or what ideas have we formulated as a result of our experience, right? Yeah. Okay, do you wanna start or do you want me to go? Well, so my top three today is actually gonna be my top six, and I'm sorry, but I I actually have them specifically listed for this. Holy cow. And I'll be quick about it, I can be super quick. Okay, Okay, so you wanna go? I'll go. Okay. Number one, let go of things that are competing for the time that you really want to use on something, right? So in other words, if something is competing for your time, it's stopping you from doing that thing that you want to do, you're going to have to cut loose of something, mm. right? The whole the off the something you thing. have to say no. Right, you have to say no. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's probably okay. the easier way, right? Um, the second thing is you have to kind of be indifferent about success. Like- mm. You can't be like like this podcast, for instance. I'm not waiting for a million it's people to start listening. It's not success driven. Yeah. 
we're doing it because we want to talk about these things and we hope that it can be helpful to somebody else who wants to hear them. Number three, you have to take time to observe things in detail, which I'm bad mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. I'm always looking at like, what's the big picture here, you know? And then I'll get really detailed about weird little things, but then mm. I skip over, I gloss over a lot of other stuff. Um, and then writing every day. That's a good thing. That's a, like, I feel like writing your thoughts down every day. Um, don't wait to start until the ideas strike. You yeah. have to just keep on doing until the ideas come in, you know, and then, um, get out of your comfort zone, like do something that makes you uncomfortable. Okay. And that's it. I don't know if that was six, maybe that was five. I don't know. So your six might, uh, add to my list cause I'm not quite sure if I have three. So just for the record, uh, you asked me this before. Yeah. I don't premeditate these, I, these three. So every time to this time, but I actually had that. Okay. Well, I just wanted to clarify for people listening. When we sit down at the table, we know what the topic is going to be, but then I have a piece of paper next to me and I write down um, ideas as I hear them. Yeah. She's really improving. Actually, I'm watching across the table. She starts writing. Yeah. I've been. um, I either said something really stupid or I said something that made her think one or the other. Yeah. So, um, okay, here's my top three, not in any particular order. I have two concrete ideas here and we'll see where the third comes from. So the first one that I said about how to think creatively is to ask questions that make you ponder. So yeah, it could be about anything. That's a good one. But just ask a question about it and maybe that question will lead you to formulate an idea or um a solution or whatever it is, right? That leads you to create. Yeah. Okay. So that's my first one. It takes you somewhere you didn't have any idea where you would end up. Yeah. And I had written below there, expect the unexpected. Okay. So I don't know if those are two separate ideas, but. I think they go together. I don't know. Yeah. They're, they're related, but, um, and I had written what I just said prior, prior to ask questions that make you ponder. I had written collaborate. Mm-hmm. and ask questions that make you ponder. So I wonder if it's my first idea here, my first of my top three is yeah. ask questions that make you ponder. You give yourself time to think about it and ponder it. Mm-hmm. And then you talk with somebody else about it and you ask the question again and that might lead you to a different place. Yeah, and I've heard of someone say this in a, in a way that was interesting too, real similar when you say ask questions and ponder. Yeah. They called it like a study and stew. So like, yeah. like you're, you're, you're asking a question, you're searching for something, you get a whole bunch of, you, you take in a whole bunch of information yeah. and you give it time to kind of stew in your head. Yeah. And you know, it is one thing, and this is where my worlds are overlapping, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, in teaching any kind of person something, right? Your goal as a teacher is to get them to get all the synapses to fire and get them to make the connections themselves. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good way to put it. So I think pondering is a very critical piece of creativity. Like people have a misconception that I guarantee if you sat and you could watch a video of Albert Einstein creating or Benjamin Franklin, they probably sat there 
doing nothing yeah, they look like they're for doing a nothing. long time. Right. And that's pondering because it's going on in their brain, but you might not see anything. Yeah, they got a labyrinth in their head that they're right. working through. Right. So anyways, okay, so my top two so far is ask questions that make you ponder, ponder it. And then my second one is collaborate and ask questions that make you ponder. That's really, yeah, Okay. that's good. My third, I'm write those down myself. My third one was find a stimulus, find a stimuli. So, What's that mean? Okay, what I had written further was visual stimulation, but I'm a visual learner. So to me, like what I just said, I don't premeditate these top three. I do it while we're in the moment. And to me, the way I know that I work best is I listen to you and I write down keywords that stick with me. And then by the time it's my turn to say the top three, I now have had enough stimuli to generate those ideas. Yeah. So not everybody's visual. Some people just need to listen to music. Some people need to just take a walk. Some people need to just sit there with nothing and literally just sit. So whatever your, whatever way your stimuli, whatever way you know will stimulate your, your thinking, then do that. Yeah. I, I agree with all those things. And I connect that to synthesis because you said a creative person can synthesize it all. So for me, I guess what I'm saying is I know I'm a visual person and kinesthetic. I have to write it. So that's the way I synthesize everything through writing. But other people might synthesize it through music. Like they might get a guitar, pick up a guitar. It's yeah. like how you said yeah. when you met yep. with. Um, yep. He, yes. He, he picked up a guitar and said, it's kind of like this. And then he just started playing and he goes, and I just learned to play this last week. And because I unlocked that code to learn that, now I know this. And then he played an extension on it. And he's like, and I learned that in a day. So it was just sort of like this. He, I guess he was sort of alluding to the idea that the more you learn, the more you're gonna learn. And and it was kind of it was it was a cool it was a pretty cool. And I I, I respected it because I play guitar not well, but I play it and I can respect what how difficult it is. Um, All right. Well, we're at thirty eight minutes today, guys. We're sorry, we meandered a little. Uh, at the beginning, we also answered some questions at the beginning, and we're going to continue to do that. If you we're have sorry, them. well, I don't think we're sorry. Well, I think we just we tried to keep set it at a goal. You know, yeah, I mean, we set just... a goal of thirty to thirty-five minutes. We went over it. We tried. Okay, no apologies. We're just reflect. We're just going to reflect. Well, on if, that if there's anything, say... if we're falling into some path, if you're listening, first off, thank you. Um, if you're listening. Uh, consistently and you're noticing some patterns of things that you're like, man, they, they do get a little caught because we always hate it on podcasts when they get caught up yeah, talking I for like it. five minutes on nothing that's about Or at the, I, at least at the beginning of uh, doing that, I just, I just like press the skip yep. 15 second, yep. 15 second, 15 second till yeah. I hear them getting into it. So if it, you find so. yourself skipping around, you can certainly let us know that. We we, we don't want to do that. I'll blame a, it on the vino. Yeah, it's a slippery slope whenever you start yapping. All right, you guys. Well, um, uh, here, this was hopefully a way to stimulate some thinking creatively um, on your end. And um, we are going to sign off, finish this bottle of vino. And <laughs> oh, uh, well, huh? <laughs> well, together. Oh, That's yeah. really only two glasses each. Yeah. Um, and we will catch you again soon. So be safe, be well, um, stay healthy, wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Don't touch your face and make good choices. All right.
Later. Bye now.